Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Believe in Blazers is back. Tori Jones, Stephen Vaughn here with you. Some exciting things going on here in Rip City. Tori, man, I'm excited to be back with you, man. How's it doing? Uh, it's going good, man. It's been like two months, kind of been on a hiatus near the end of the season, but we're going to ratchet these back up going into what should be an eventful off season and a lot to talk about. A lot has changed since we last did a podcast. It was still in the Blazer season. That was obviously a disaster, but since then, uh, off season started and the Blazers have gotten the third overall pick. So we're going to have a fun debate as to what should happen with that third overall pick and, uh, a lot of off-season ideas that we might pitch back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be real. Like, we could have been doing podcasts every week, but what are we going to do? We talking about Skylar Mays? Talking about, you know, who are those other guys that are on the team? I don't know. I, I didn't want to talk about those guys. So we didn't need to. Now we need to because now we're in the off-season. Now we're approaching the third pick in the draft. We're approaching free agency, trades, all of it. And we both got ideas for the Blazers to be good. Um, but you know what, Tori? Third pick in the draft – for the Portland Trailblazers, that's great. You know what's even better? When you can bet on NBA draft props, because that's what I do. I tell you what, I'll be doing that. We'll do that at Bet Online, of course. That's where you always do it. Bet Online. Uh, use the code Believe B L E A V. Get fifty percent off your first deposit. Bet Online, Tori. Let's bet on some NBA draft props, huh? All right, I'm dude. I'm in. I'm. I'm we need to do that. But uh, okay, let's just start off with the Blazers. Third pick in the draft. That's what they get in the draft lottery. Exciting yet disappointing. All the emotions. I was on the air. You were live when during the draft lottery. I was so excited I could barely talk on the air. Like I really was convinced when Bignano was coming to Portland. It didn't happen. So now Portland's with the third pick. Initially gut feeling, Tori. How did you feel when you saw the Blazers get the third pick? Were you thinking, all right, Portland's going to be drafting somebody here or this is going to be traded out for a veteran player? I mean, you have to expect it to be traded out with everything this organization said. I was going into the draft lottery thinking that it would only stay in Portland if it was the number one overall pick because Wimbaud Yama, I think, if I had to bet, I think he'll be an all-star next year as a rookie. Like, I, I have that much faith in that guy. So being able to get a guy that young but just a total game-changer defensively would have allowed the Blazers to play both timelines, be competitive now and very competitive in the future. And that's why I wanted him so desperately for this Blazers team was just the perfect spot for him and the perfect guy for us. But without getting that number one pick, fully expect a trade of this third overall pick but we're starting to get into rumor season now and now's when it really gets juicy because we're starting to try and figure out okay what could be on the table for that third overall pick and is it worth taking for me Tori it was like I saw the Blazers get in the top four I saw the Blazers get third and my first thought was who can they get at three like I who are they going to draft that that was my initial thought and I know it's different than a lot of Blazer fans, but like I feel like you needed to explore the trade of Damian Lillard, and you still do. Like it doesn't mean to trade him, but you have to you have to have every option on the table. Uh, whether it's Brandon Miller, whether it's Scoot Henderson, like those guys are really good, really good prospects. And I know there's questions about both of them, but you have to consider every single thing. So uh, you know that was my first initial reaction was, hey, who can the Blazers get at three? Is it going to be Scoot? Is it going to be Brandon Miller? Like, who's a better fit? Does that mean we can trade Dame or Anthony Simons? Like, all of it goes into it. So, it, it is fun. It's fun right now. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be insane and 
crazy because I have no idea what's going to happen. I've heard so many different things. I know you've heard so many different things. There's lots of rumors. Uh, the latest rumor, of course, you know, you guys have been talking about it over at your channel on Blazers Uprise. Uh, I wrote about it a little bit over at 750thegame.com a while back. Jalen Brown, he's the big option right now. Bill Simmons, Rosillo, they were talking about it on their podcast. Jalen Brown for the third pick and Anthony Simons, basically-ish. You know, that's the framework of a trade. Is Jalen Brown the top of your list, or is it somebody else? Is it Mikael Bridges? Is it Joel Embiid if he really wants out? I know it's not DeAndre Ayton for you. Is it somebody else? Uh, what, what are you thinking? If the players are to trade that pick, who's the number one guy you want them to go after? I think Jalen Brown's at the top of a realistic list. I think anybody better than him, a Giannis, a Joel Embiid at this point is unrealistic. But then again, with Embiid, with Harden seeming more and more likely to go to Houston, who knows how that plays out. So keep that on the back burner, I guess. I just don't expect Joel Embiid to get moved even if Harden leaves. He has multiple years left under his contract. Uh, But Jalen Brown is absolutely the number one option at this point. And I could see it playing out a bit like Jeremy Grant did last offseason because there's some similarities in both their situations. Jeremy Grant last offseason was going into the final year of his deal with Detroit. This offseason, Jalen Brown will be going into the final year of his deal in Boston. And Grant didn't end on bad terms with Detroit. He just had a handshake agreement with them that if he wanted to go somewhere else, they would abide by that and trade him where he wanted to go. That was a condition of him signing in Detroit and leaving Denver. So uh, Jeremy Grant wanted to play with Dame. Detroit obliged and Portland got pretty good return on value in that Jeremy Grant trade. Now you have Jalen Brown and it's a little bit different because he doesn't have that handshake agreement, but also it seems like he's ending on bad terms with Boston. There's been issues, it seems, with how he feels about fans there in Boston, and there was, there's been reports and whispers about that locker room being a little bit dysfunctional, and it's just, there's a weird vibe around that team right now, and it seems like there's something off, and it seems like Jalen Brown doesn't want to be there, and that's what I've heard so far, is Jalen Brown does not want to be in Boston. So with him going into the final year of his deal, and if he doesn't want to be there, he can use that final year of his deal to leverage his way out, and supposedly, Damian Lillard and Jeremy Grant are guys that he would like to play with, which... You know, I feel like fans look at the situation and it's, why would anyone want to go to Portland? Look how much they struggled. But Jeremy Grant wanted to play with Dame. And Damian Lillard is really respected across the league. I finally feel like he's successfully potentially recruiting some guys, which we've been hoping for for a while. Now it sounds like Jalen Brown's a real possibility and Portland has a really good package for him with Anthony Simons in the third overall pick. So I think that is becoming more and more likely uh, I don't know how likely it is. Uh, my my co-host, Eric Brandt, is very confident in it. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out. But Jalen Brown, I think, it, right now is the number one realistic option. I agree with you. I think Jalen Brown's the number one option that it seems attainable. Um, you know, th- this is a rumor that I have heard that but nothing in concrete, right? Like, it's just been kind of talked about, but there's really been no... No offers, no proposals, no anything like that. Just kind of talking around the table. Uh, but you're right about Jalen Brown, the way he feels about Boston. Like, he's he hasn't been afraid to say it. Uh, he had a quote early this year. He just said, you know, it, it, it's I'll, as long as I'm needed, it's not up to me. We'll see how they feel about me over time, and I feel about them over time. Hopefully, whatever it is, it makes sense. But I'll stay where, I wa- where I'm wanted, and I will stay where I'm needed and treated correct. 
end quote. Like he said that about Boston. So it is out there that he isn't maybe necessarily the most happy guy because there's been lots of rumors about trades in Boston, and he's always the guy that's in the trade offers. It's kind of like CJ McCollum here in Portland uh, back in the day. Like it was always keep Dame, trade CJ. Well, in Boston, it's keep Jason Tatum, trade Jalen Brown. So that can get hard on you. I think it is true. I think the disconnect here, maybe with some fans, myself, maybe with you, I, I need to hear this for your opinion on this, but just what is the value of Jalen Brown? Um, you know, and what is the, you know, what's the value of the third overall pick? What's the value of Anthony Simons? Is it enough to be just Anthony Simons in the third, third pick or does Portland have to throw another pick in there or maybe two picks or other assets to get Jalen Brown out of Boston? Jalen Brown, second team all NBA 26 years old, you know, he honestly like him and Mikel Bridges, maybe the two best fits next to Damian Lillard in the NBA. Like they really might be. What's the value of Jalen Brown right now on the open market? Would Portland have to give up more than just Amphrey Simons and the third pick of the draft? See, with him having only one year left on his contract, I think his value is a little bit less if he wants to leave because he can use that against Boston to force his way out, saying, I won't resign here. You have to trade me now if you want to get value back for me compared to him having multiple years where maybe other teams are a little bit more willing to take him on because they're not worried about having to resign him. So I think... Given the fact that he's going into the last year of his deal, much like it played out with Grant, I think could make his price more palatable for a team trading for him. Now, the good thing for Portland, if he wants to play with Damon Grant, is he can use that final year of his deal to say, I'll only resign here, I'll only resign in these couple of cities, so if, if you trade for me and you're not one of these couple of teams, I'm not resigning. And he can hardball teams into not giving up a ton of assets for him. So in the most optimistic world, I would think it could maybe take less than Anthony Simons in three. But then again, you're talking about a guy who was second team all NBA average 27, seven and three and a half assists. Um, really good slasher uh, has proven. He can be the second best player on a championship contending team, two way star. Like those guys don't become available often. And when they do normally they require a lot. So I think with all that taken into account, it boils down to just a clean trade of Simons and the third pick for Jalen Brown. Um, Boston can still go young with Jason Tatum. He's barely 25 and for Simons 23, they could draft somebody with that pick and just have like a five, six year window to kind of grow into, or they could flip that third pick. Maybe, uh, they could get Pascal Siakam and maybe it's Siakam and Simons for Jalen Brown and something else. They might be better with that next year. Um, depending on how the rest of their team looks. So it would give Boston some options and give them some security. Uh, so I think Anthony Simons in the third pick is is solid value for Boston. It might be a little rich for Portland, but if you're going to keep Dame, you got to go for it at some point. And I think that's probably as good as you're going to find. And I think that's the trade to make. Am I crazy to think that it's going to take more than Anthony Simons in the third pick in the draft? I don't think... I don't think you're crazy. I think if he had multiple years left on his deal, that would certainly be possible. But given his situation and if he plays hardball, I, I just don't see it playing out to that. Because I, I just don't. What is what is Anthony Simons fit in Boston? Like they have other guys. Is he just going to be a scorer that doesn't have to play defense? If that's his role, then that's fine. But they have guys like Malcolm Brogdon, who you know I know Anthony Simons puts up higher stats than him, but. Malcolm Brogdon's done it as well. Like when he was a when he was the best player on a bad team, he put up twenty points a night. Like 
I don't know how much better Anthony Simons is than Malcolm Brogdon than Derek White because of the way they play defense in the playoffs. It shows you need to have guys that can play defense and can get buckets other ways. Anthony Simons, more of just a shooter right now. Is he really going to develop that game where he can get into the paint and finish inside when all the physicality is there? I'm not sure. I just don't know how much better he really makes Boston. So what, like for me, why is Boston going to trade their second team all NBA guy where they have a legitimate chance to, you know, go to the NBA finals for a guy who I don't even know where he necessarily fits in as the main piece back. So I feel like Boston's going to want more, but that just made me, maybe me underrating Anthony Simons or, you know, thinking he's not as good um, as he is in the open market. That That's, that's the part that gets me because Jalen Brown, is that guy, right? Like I'm, I'm all for drafting the guy, drafting the guy at three. There's really no one in the NBA that's going to change my mind, except for probably Jalen Brown. If the Blazers can get Jalen Brown in for the third pick, I'm all for it. And I'm happy. If they can't, I want them to draft somebody. I don't know what the trade exactly is going to be. I think that's the interesting part, but uh, if it is Anthony Simons and Jalen Brown, just those two or Anthony Simons and the three for Jalen Brown, it's just that I'm all in on that trade. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as Simons goes in Boston, I think he'd fit really well. I think he'd get higher quality three-point shots. He shot 38% from three last season, but the two seasons before that was above 40% for his career. He's at 39%, and I think um, the quality of his three-point shots would be better in a Boston offense that is just more well-rounded. And then given how well they move, I think Anthony Simons struggles in stagnant offenses. Um, he's not Dame level, obviously, in terms of creating one-on-one in isolation. I think he's made strides, and I think the stats back that up. He just um, shot his highest percentage from two in the past four years. Uh, His free throw rate, I believe, was a uh, career high, or at least since his first couple of seasons, which was just small sample size. His free throw rate improved this year compared to last year, so it's still not necessarily where it needs to be, but... I think attacking closeouts is where Anthony Simons will excel in that Boston offense, and I think he can be an efficient 20 to 23, 24-point-per-game score just playing off the guys they have there, knocking down threes, and then attacking closeouts, getting to the lane, getting to that floater, and then obviously the playmaking's improved. So if you believe in Boston's player development, which they've done a pretty good job no matter who's the coach in the past five to six years or so, and Anthony Simon still being 23, maybe they can get something out of him that Portland can't. So I think Boston would value him quite a bit. You do have four guards then with Marcus Smart, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, and Anthony Simons. Maybe you play some small ball, but I think one of those guys would get traded out for some front court help elsewhere, and I think that's how they would balance their team. So I do think Simons in three is is pretty good for them. Yeah, I mean, just for what it is, Malcolm Brogdon shot 45% on threes this year, so it's not like it's uh, a bunch of a need to get another shooter in there, but that is what it is. All right, you never have enough about- shooting in today's NBA, Steven. I mean, that's very true. That is very true. And that's something, you know what, for all the things I say Anthony Simons can't do, he can shoot the basketball. Uh, he could definitely shoot the basketball. I do want to say this now. Okay, so let's say Jalen Brown's off the table, right? It's Boston, they end up pulling off the unbelievable down 3-0, get to the NBA Finals, because as we're recording, they just beat the Heat in Game 4. It's 3-1 to in that series. Boston gets to the NBA Finals. They end up winning. Jalen Brown's like, you know what, I can hang out in Boston for a little bit longer. He's off the table. Then it becomes Mikel Bridges. I think that's probably the second option for Portland right now. If it's the same thing, Anthony Simons and the third pick for Mikel Bridges, 
It seems like Brooklyn wants more. I don't know if they'd get more. I don't know what it is. I have heard that it's Anthony Simons and the three for Bridges and a draft pick. That's kind of what the starting point is from everybody that I've talked to is that Portland's going to want something back in return as well with Mikael Bridges coming back to Portland for Avery Simons in the three. Is Mikael Bridges a guy in Portland you think would fit, first of all? And second of all, Avery Simons in the three, is that package for Mikael Bridges? Is that something that is interesting in your mind, or is that something where you want Portland to then look to draft someone? Yeah, I think you can make the argument that Bridges fits better than Jalen Brown. It's just the team isn't as good because Jalen Brown's a more talented offensive player. I just think Bridges fits better because I think he's a little bit more consistent three-point shooter and a little better on-ball defender. Brown's good. Bridges is great. Would you say Bridges is the best on-ball defender in the NBA? It's kind of hard to quantify that. I mean, when you got a guy like Drew Holiday, you know, Marcus Smart's pretty dang good. Um, But for for a three-man... For a small forward, I think you could definitely make that argument. I mean, I have, I always, when I describe Mikel Bridges, I always say he's the best on ball defender. Like, that's the guy that I would want yeah. guarding, you know, whether it's a 6'2 guard or a 6'9 guy, Kevin Durant style. I want Mikel Bridges on him. Like, that's the guy that I would want um, over a Marcus Smart or Drew Holiday, who are both great in themselves. But I think Mikel Bridges is, you know, I would take him number one over everybody. Yeah. The thing is with Mikel, though, that's tough is Brooklyn has a higher valuation of him than the rest of the league does. Because Brooklyn saw him play 27 games for them and look like an absolute superstar. He averaged 26 points per game. Now, the problem is, if you include playoffs, the Nets were 12-19 and with Mikael Bridges playing that well for them. So they are a lottery team with Mikael Bridges. And uh, the problem is, is he just played so well that they view him in the light of a 26-point-per-game score of somebody that provides that defensive value, but then also is that good offensively, where the rest of the league is just looking at it like, okay, that's a small sample size playing for a team that was not good. He did take a jump offensively in Phoenix um, to start the year, but he was a 17-point-per-game scorer. So it's like, if you're bringing him into a team trying to win, what is his offensive production? It's probably closer to like 19, 20 points per game. With that on-ball defense, that's very, very valuable. But that's not like a all-star, all-NBA caliber player. That's not a Jalen Brown. So I think that's where the disconnect is. And for that reason, I do think if the Blazers give up Anthony Simons and the third pick, they do need something back. They do need that draft pick. As far as how willing I am to do that, it depends on what they could turn that draft pick into. If they flipped it to Chicago so they could open up future first, what do those turn into? Because the only way I want to trade three is if I could see the team contending over the next couple of seasons. I don't think Mikael Bridges, or maybe even Jalen Brown for that matter, is enough. So it's all about the follow-up moves at that point. And um, with Mikael, I think you have a little bit further to go just because I don't trust him to be the second best offensive option consistently on a championship contending team like Jalen Brown's shown that he can be so uh that's where I think you need another asset but for Brooklyn I mean I'm just worried they're gonna overvalue him too much yeah I don't know if it's just posturing right now by Brooklyn uh but all reports basically are saying like you know that's not gonna be enough um but that's not you know I've heard differently as well so I think it all just kind of depends on when it gets close to the draft time what they value 
uh, if they fall in love with Scoot, because it does seem like Brandon Miller is probably going to go too. I don't see I don't see Charlotte drafting Scoot Henderson for that team when they have Lamelo Ball on it. Um, so it seems like Scoot's going to be there. And by all accounts, you know Scoot Henderson's the real deal. Uh, you know he'd be the number one pick in a lot of NBA drafts. He has a lot of potential. He had a down you know down ish year this past year as his second year in the G League. I think maybe he was a little bit of uh, I don't want to say boredom, but kind of boredom. Like he just didn't want to get hurt. Yeah, like, yeah, like he's ready to play in the league. He's ready to play in the real NBA, not the G League. So I think that could be a little bit to do with it. But I want to stick on the Nets for a second because you're talking yeah. about that. They have a ton of players that would make sense from a role player standpoint. And I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on a couple of them. So Nick Claxton, you've wanted to upgrade Yusuf Nurkic for a while now. And I've been the guy that says... That doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. We'll talk about a couple guys in a bit that don't make sense and why. But I do think one guy that makes sense is Claxton because, in my opinion, he's a top three or four defensive center in the league. What are your feelings on him being the piece that Portland gets back? I think Portland might have to give up a little extra value to get him and Mikhail than just Simons in the third pick. But uh, would you be willing to do that? And how do you feel about him? Yeah, I like Nick Claxton as a player because, you know, the thing about Nurk is we've talked about this. Like, he is not a great athlete. He can play good defense. He's a really good positional defender a lot of times. Um, you know, he gets blamed for a lot of stuff. He does a lot of good things on the defensive end. But Nick Claxton is a really good athlete. Not only that, defensively, offensively, he's a, you know, a screen and roller where he can get the alley oop at the rim. Portland hasn't really had that ever. <laughs> I mean, like, was the last time that happened? Um, I think that would be very helpful for a guy like Dame, for a guy like Amphrey Simons, if somehow he was still on the team. Like any of those guards, I think would be very helpful to have that, you know, that rim runner. You know, I guess Drew Eubanks is like the closest thing they've had. And uh, you know how that's been. So I would love it. I just don't, I'm a with you. I don't think that Brooklyn's going to want to get rid of Nick Claxton and Mikael Bridges um, for just Amphrey Simons in the third pick. Now, what would Portland have to give up else? <laughs> would it be worth it? I don't think that it would. But it also depends on what they have to give up. It's like I, I love Nick Claxton. I love that idea you have, Tori. I just don't I don't trust Brooklyn on what they are gonna want to give up for him. Because you look at what they got for Durant, they got a lot for Durant. And so I think that riding high on that, they traded Kyrie. Looks like they got a good deal on Kyrie as well. They got out of that deal. Like they don't want to get stuck into more of these contracts and they don't have to. I think they're rebuilding the way they want to rebuild, and they're not just gonna give away players. So I think that's the problem right now is what is the actual value that you can get for Nick Claxton if he's the throw-in? Yeah, and the problem is with Brooklyn is they don't control much of their future first, but if they get some future first back, maybe they can flip them for their first back. The problem is they traded unprotected first uh, to Houston for James Harden, and we know how that turned out. So um, that is something that's kind of looming over it. But then again, because I've heard from a lot of Nets fans, I've done videos on Mikhail Bridges, and Nets fans have found them and given my thoughts, and they say, we can't rebuild. We don't want to rebuild because we don't own our future first. But I mean, they were 12 and 19 with Mikhail playing amazing. So they're already kind of there, in my opinion. Um, but as far as Claxton goes, it's if you can contend, I think it justifies giving up whatever price. And that's the question for me is if Portland offensively, they'll be fine if they have Mikhail and Sharp and Grant and Claxton and Dame, right? In just an average bet. It's like, they'll probably be a top five offense. The question mark just comes in, can they defend well enough? And that's why I have a lot of interest in Bridges plus Claxton. And that's kind of my question for you. 
let's say they have an average defensive bench in their starting lineup next season is Dame, Shaden Sharp, Mikhail Bridges, Jeremy Grant, and Nick Claxton. Where does that team rank defensively? That is a good question. Um, It's tough because we saw what Jeremy Grant can't do last season guarding the ball. We've seen what Dame can't do guarding the basketball his whole career. Shaden Sharp. I mean, are we really going to trust a 20 year old to go out there and play solid defense? Like I still think there's three, two negative defenders for sure. Jeremy Grant's a good help defender. Um, The oddball defense is still going to be a problem. I still, I mean, I, I would say best case scenario. They're probably right in the middle of the NBA. Uh, I would I would probably lean more towards 20-ish, though, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I, I'd probably put them 15. Um, I think that's a good spot for them because Grant would be utilized better. Grant would be more of a positive on the defensive end next season with Mikael Bridges in the fold because Mikael Bridges would be your on-ball stopper. That's his role. So I think you'd be able to play Grant in more of a help-side role. And the problem was last year is like... For the better part of the season, Grant's getting screened out of plays, and you have Yusuf Nurkic and three guys that are like 6'4 or shorter with Dame, Ant, and Hart as your secondary rim protector. Nurkic has no help, and he's just getting straight-line drive after straight-line drive because Jeremy Grant can't get through a screen, and that was a huge issue defensively. If if that's just starting five, though, Tori, like, where are they ranking in the Western Conference? Like... Are they going to be a playoff team for sure, or is this a team fighting for the play-in? I, I, the West is so deep, man. Like, I know that there's no elite team in the West. Well, the Nuggets, the Nuggets are probably the elite team in the Western Conference right now. But after that, maybe the Suns. I guess I don't know. But like, the West is so deep. There's like 12 teams that are good. Like, is that lineup really going to be good enough for Portland to be a top six team in the Western Conference? Like, I don't think it is. I, I really don't think that is a good enough lineup that you say, okay, like this is a pretty. Pretty high likely team to be in the top six. I mean, if they're if they're like the fifth best offense and fifteenth best defense, that's probably a top six team. That's probably a top sixteen. Uh, Sacramento was first, and this was with them being healthy all year. I feel like Sacramento's gotten a little bit overrated because they just did not have injury issues hardly all season long. But they're not going to go away. Boy. They're not going to go away. But I do think that you'll see them take a little bit of a step back next year, just because I don't think they're going to be as healthy as just odds are they're not. Um, but they were first in offense and 25th in defense this season. You know, so that's the thing is, can Dame and McHale and Grant and Sharp and Nurk and an average bench, I think an average bench would be better than last year, um, just as a side note. But I think that could be, you know, third best offense, fourth best offense. We've seen Dame lead subpar units to really good offensive rankings and win games and get the three seed because of how good the offense is so for me it's it's just how good is that defense and that's why I would be I would like McHale and Classic because I think that could be an average defense and I think that would make them a top six team in the west if they could have an average defense with that unit so let's say they are let's say I can guarantee you they'll be top six but I'm not going to guarantee you where it could be one to six is trading the third pick in the draft worth it? Is it worth it trading for Mikael Bridges and a Nick Claxton when you still don't know if this team's a true contender? Like you talk about Sacramento, they weren't real contenders, and we all knew that. Like they could win a round, they could win a series, they almost did, but they weren't going to be a contender for the NBA title. Even Golden State this season, they weren't going to be a contender for the NBA title. Like, is Portland going to be that team? Is it worth it to trade the potential of a Scoot Henderson? 
for that Mikel Bridges and that chance to be a top six team when are the Blazers really going to be a two championship contender? I just, I don't think that they are and I don't think that it is. I think they'd have the potential to because I truly think Bridges and Claxton can be that game changing defensively. You would be counting on Sharp taking a bit of a leap there, but I don't think you can rule that out. And if you could build a good defensive bench, which you already have Thibel, and if you have Claxton behind him, I think Thibel becomes a better defender because his, you know he likes to gamble. He's a good defensive player, but he likes to gamble. And if you have Claxton behind that to clean things up, then that gambling isn't as bad and might actually be a good thing in terms of making some plays. So if you bring back Thibel, I don't know if Denver's going to be able to pay Bruce Brown more than the taxpayer mid-level exception. That's a guy Portland was interested in last offseason. That is my favorite mid-level exception going into this offseason. Why would he not make more? Why would he not make more? He's proven that he's really good on a really good team. Yeah, but Denver, with where they are salary-wise, might not have more than six and a half, seven million to offer him. They will have his non-bird rights, but that's 120% what he made last year, so they could only offer him seven million. And it's not like they got contracts they would be willing to trade out. I mean, every big contract on their team is key contributors. So if you can offer Bruce Brown $12 million a year and maybe you start him ahead of Sharp, like that, that is... It's not likely by any means, but that you definitely have to kick the tires on that if you're Portland because that's another guy where, like, if you bring him into the fold defensively, you can make a case for pushing top 10 at that point because that dude is so impactful defensively and has some secondary playmaking and can cut. Like, I love Bruce Brown. Joe Cronin just signed Bruce Brown last freaking offseason instead of Gary Payton the second. We might not ta- be talking about having the third pick or anything. We might be talking about how we made the playoffs if that was the case because that dude is a true game changer. And I, Look, he gets to Denver and they're in the finals. They're in the finals. They swept the Western Conference finals and he was a big part of that. So um, I think if you had Bridges and Claxton and then got the right pieces around them, maybe the Lakers go after Kyrie and let Rui walk in free agency, Rui Hachimura, who's a guy I've wanted for a while, and maybe the full middle of exception Portland can use on him. Uh, he's been solid defensively in the playoffs and offensively been great uh, during this postseason run that the Lakers had. If you can surround that team with the right be- bench pieces, I think it has the upside to contend. So, you know, it's not like, oh yeah, you can definitely, pen- you know, sharpie them in to the contenders list, but I think you can write it in in pencil. I think it has that sort of upside, and and uh, I would love to explore that. Yeah, I'm gonna be clear here. Uh, I you know basically when I'm saying like, is this a really good playoff team? I'm assuming the bench is gonna be average because the bench was atrocious this last year for the Blazers. So you know they ha- it can't be worse, right? Like it has to be upgraded. So I, I that's kind of my assumption that I'm hoping the Blazers improve the bench, um, and they become good because you're right, like. All those guys they could use. I mean, they just could use guys that know how to play basketball at this point. Their bench was really bad this past year, and it got a lot to um, improve. I do want to throw this out at you, Tori. Okay, we're going to play a quick game here. On the spot, uh, I'm going to say a guy's name, and you're going to give a one-word answer on how you feel about him. You ready for it? I'm I'm down. Let's do it. All right. Uh, The player is Anthony Simons. Define him with one word. One word. Let's go. Uh, shooter. I- is he? Is he? Is he an all-star caliber player? I think he can be in the right situation. Then why is Portland even exploring to trade him and not exploring to trade Dame and build around Anthony Simons? And and I know you're going to bring up Anthony Simons as a lead guard. He puts up great stats. It's a short sample size. I know. If he's this good, 
why is Portland not exploring to trade Dame? Built Anthony Simons as the one. Draft Scoot Henderson. There's your backcourt. There's your future. You're getting four, five first round picks for Damian Lillard. You're building around Dame. Are you building around Ant, Scoot, and Shaden Sharp? That's the obvious answer. I don't understand why more Blazers fans aren't saying this. I don't even like Anthony Simons. I like that option better than trading for you know Mikkel Bridges. And I don't even like Anthony Simons. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's that great. I think he's fine. He's a fine player. But I feel like a lot of Blazers fans love his game and they think he can get a lot better. Why is this not an option, Tori? Why are you not pushing for Anthony Simons to be the lead guard in Portland? Trade Dame, get draft picks, build that way. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing nobody talks about, Stephen, right? It's like, oh, you either got to completely rebuild right now by trading Dame right now, or you got to go for it right now, okay? I think that... If you go for it right now, it's not like you can't hit the rebuild button a season or two from now. If you can get Mikael Bridges for the third pick, why in one or two drafts wouldn't you be able to trade Mikael Bridges for the third pick? Like, you can get return. You can get return on what you trade for. So I feel like everybody's looking at it like... If you go for it now, that's how it's going to be for the next five years, right? Why don't we just put those players next to Dame, see how good a team is, maybe a team that we feel like has upside to contend, and then if it doesn't work out in a season or two, we can hit the rebuild button then. And we can probably still get a lot for Dame. We can get a lot for Jalen Brown on a new contract. We can trade Anthony Simons if you want to do it then. When was the last time the Trailblazers made drastic moves year after year? That's why they don't. They try to they try to keep these same guys and build around them. When yeah. was the last time they traded Damian Lillard? Never. So we're talking about uncharted territory anyway. But you, everyone tells me how good Anthony Simons is. How he's a great league guard. Why is he not being brought up as being the answer? He's twenty three years old. He should, in theory, get better by a lot of people. Damian Lillard is older. You don't want to lose the value. His contract's going to kick in. I don't care what you say, Tori. By the end of his contract, it's not going to be a great contract. I'm just I'm just telling you right now. Here's the thing. What team do you think you're going to get five first-round picks from? Let's play this game. What team is trading five first-round picks for Damian Lillard right now? I'm just saying that you would be surprised. I don't know who it is. Did we, did, did we think Matt Ishbia was going to come in day one and trade for Kevin Durant? Here's the problem, though. A lot of teams have traded... Like, all their first-round picks that are available for guys recently. Minnesota did it for Gobert. Phoenix did it for KD. Okay, Dallas doesn't have first. They used up the rest of them on Kyrie. Miami has, like, one first-round pick. There's so many teams out there where it's like, oh, yeah, that would be the team to trade for Damian Lillard. Philadelphia, if they lose him, if they lose Harden, right? Philadelphia doesn't have future first that they can trade. The problem is there's so many spots that would be Damian Lillard landing spots that people that want to trade Dame are like, you trade him there or trade him here, but they don't have first round picks to trade. So we can sit here and say, oh, you know, trade Dame for five firsts and build around Scoot, build around whoever. But it's like, who, what is going to be that team that trades so five firsts for Dame? So what you're saying is, is Damian Lillard, there's no chance he gets traded, right? I just don't think no. you're going to get enough value to justify it. Like you're not get, like you're not gonna get the value that Dame should be worth because these teams have put themselves in a position where they don't really have assets. The teams that would trade for him. 
Well, it's because they waited a few two years later. But that's that's just another topic uh, that I could talk about going on forever. That they waited too long to in, in even even interest this trade. The thing I'm worried about, Tori, is this. And uh, on the BFT with John Canzano, we had Ben Golliver on. Ben Golliver, you know, Washington Post, uh, respected basketball guy. He used to be Blazers Edge. You know, I know how much you love Blazers Edge. Um, he uh, he made a good point. There's going to be life after Damian Lillard because there was life before Damian Lillard. Back in the 70s, there was life before Bill Walton, life after Bill Walton. In the 90s, life before Drexler, life after Drexler. Brandon Roy, same thing, before and after. It's it's going to be okay. If the Blazers ended up trading Damian Lillard tomorrow, the franchise is going to live on, and they're going to make more moves, and they're going to be fine. So why would the Blazers be held hostage, basically, in the situation of playing into what Dame wants? Dame says they need to trade this pick because he doesn't want to play with 19-year-olds. Well, you know what? It didn't work out with the Dame. Like, the best thing for the future is to draft Scoot Henderson because when you have the third pick in the draft, you don't get that very often. That's where you draft all-stars. That's where you draft Hall of Famers. That's where you draft elite talent. So you can get that guy, trade Dame, get some more assets in, and build for the future. To me, like, it doesn't make any sense to be like, you know what? We need to build around Dame. We need to go all in with Dame. We have this third pick in the draft. The Blazers do. Use it. Use it as a draft pick. Look how the Nuggets built their team. Jokic, draft pick. Murray, draft pick. Porter Jr., draft pick. The only guy they really traded for was Aaron Gordon. That's in their rotation. Like, Here's the problem, though, Steven. They didn't get Jokic from rebuilding. They got him with the 41st pick. You look at almost every contender right now. And they did not get there from rebuilding in terms of like just drafting guys at the top of the draft. Look at Miami. They're contending because they got like two undrafted um, dudes in their starting lineup. And But that's not normal though. That's yeah, but normal. they set a culture. It's more than just like, oh, you got to rebuild in order to like build after Damian Lillard. You say there's life after Damian Lillard. Life after Damian Lillard doesn't have to be today. And you can get there. Without top draft picks. I mean, look at the Lakers, right? Now, it's at Los Angeles, so guys came. But they were like 13th. They were actually worse than Portland at the t- point in time in which Portland decided to blow it up. But what did they do? They traded for three solid role players and made a conference finals. You look at... um. They also had Anthony Davis, who was the number one overall draft pick in an NBA draft, Tori. The Blazers aren't getting these guys. They're not going to get these yes. They traded for him in term, in a similar Packer a similar package that they could potentially trade right now for a Jalen Brown. Yeah. Jalen Brown. Don't, don't act like Jalen Brown is on the same level as Anthony Davis when they're right. Anthony Davis is a top 75 player of all time. Like Jalen Brown can stay healthy for more than a week. And Anthony Davis should have been the finals MVP. So there we go. Like that guy can lead a team. A lot of teams that are good right now. Didn't get there through rebuilding. Okay. They didn't get there through rebuilding. Like, that's the thing. Jokic, you drafted with the 41st overall pick. The Bucks are only contenders because they got Giannis with the 15th pick. Through the draft. Through, with the 15th pick. That's the point, though. Draft Why don't you players. find those guys and keep Dame? Yeah, because it's so easy to find Nikola Jokic. Because it's so easy to find another Dame. Right? Like, that's the thing. Is It's, mo- it's, much, more, it's much more likely of the third pick than it is 
to try to, you know, with the 15th pick or the second round pick. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can look at all the really good players in the NBA, Tori. They're all like top three, top five, top six picks. Like, Dame, don't just trade these picks like they're nothing. Like, use it as an asset to build your franchise for the next 10 seasons rather than look at it as a three, four year window to build around Dame. Like, it's okay to, like, let go and to look to trade Dame. It's it just, okay. It just, it just, here's the thing. People overrate how successful full rebuilds are. For You would see more teams contending right now that went full rebuild. What's the most famous rebuild in the last 15 years in the league? Well, it's obviously this Philadelphia. They got to the second round. I get that. They haven't made it out of the second round. Sacramento, it took 20 years of rebuilding, and then, like, oh, they make a trade for Sabonis, and they hire Mike Brown, and that's what got them to, to where they are, right? Like... That, you look at Minnesota, how long have they Did been you not? rebuilding and retooling since Kevin Garnett? And then finally it's like, oh, it's time to go for it this year. Yeah, let's make a make a stupid trade for Rudy Gobert, and now we're screwed for the next 10 years. <laughs> like, yeah, well, then, And they had multiple the first then, overall then the picks. The Blazers should have just tried to win games so they'd have the eighth pick in the draft because that's what they would have had had they kept all their guys healthy. Like, I understand your point, but like Boston, the way they got good was by drafting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. The way the Nuggets got good is by drafting all these guys. The way the Warriors got good, drafting all their players. The Heat, a little different. Lakers, a little different. Those are the bigger markets. They attract guys. Also, the Heat have the best coach in the world and Jimmy Butler, who is one of the top 10 players in the NBA that nobody even talks about. And in the playoffs, he may be number one. I'm over-exaggerating that, but he's awesome. Like... They have Eric Spolster. They have a culture that no one can replicate. No, this is the worst. It's the worst thing to happen in the NBA because now I can already see it. The Blazers are going to get the eight seed, and all Blazers fans will be like, "Oh, let's have the Blazers make this run with Damian Lillard to the NBA Finals." Jimmy Butler did it. No, he guess what? He's not going to be able to do it because they don't. They're not the Heat. The Heat are the only team in the NBA that could do this. I think you have much more parity in the NBA, which we talked about earlier this year. I think you have much more parity in the NBA because I don't think there's as much of a skill gap between superstars and like really good role players like at Anthony Simons, right? I think you have more super high quality offensive talent in the league than you've ever had. So I think in, in terms of offensive ratings, I it's shrunk. So I think the the gap between good and bad teams is smaller and i think that's why you've seen the lakers as a 7 seed make the conference finals and you've seen the heat as an 8 seed make the conference finals so in that vein i i agree with you you should go into a playoff series like oh it's fine we're the 8 seed we can you know let's just be the miami heat right it's much harder said than done and their culture is impeccable impeccable and they have arguably the greatest coach in the league so it's really hard to replicate all that but what's also really hard is finding a top 10 player and getting him to want to stay in Portland. I think if you draft Scoot and have Scoot, Sharp, and Anthony Simons, I think it's more likely than not that all three of those guys aren't as good as Damian Lillard is right now. I agree. I'm not disagreeing with you. But at this point, you will have traded Damian Lillard and you have assets. And you're building with other players too. Like you're not as bad as you think you are. And you also have first round value assets that you can trade for other players later on. And you're building with these other guys. It's it is the way the spot that the Blazers are in with Damian Lillard, they're nowhere near a championship. So like, why are you going to be looking to trade that number three pick who could be a franchise pillar for the next 10 seasons for Damian Lillard, who I know we love and he's going to be good. But he's not going to be at this level for another th- four years. He's just not. Like, this was the best season he had. I can't imagine he's going to have a better season. He's going to have another really good season. He's going to have another All-NBA season. But I don't know if it will be like this, Tori. I just, I'm afraid that the Blazers are going to hang on to him too long. 
And then they're either going to have to eat the contract and it's going to be a whole Kobe Bryant situation where he just hurt the franchise, but it's Kobe Bryant. So everyone was excited. Damian Lowe is going to get buckets for Portland or you're going to end up trading Dame and you're not going to get the assets for him. Like right now is the time to do it. This is the final time to really do it right now. I think if you're the Blazers to explore that trade, because at least if you traded for Dame now and you're a contender, you're trying to, you're trying to be the last piece. You'll have a couple years to go with it. You have a couple years to try it. If you do it when he's 34, 35 years old, it's kind of like a last ditch effort thing. So I don't know, man. I I don't see any point to not drafting a player at three. Like I am a hundred percent on board drafting a player at three. And if they want to keep Dame, keep Dame and have it be Scoot Dame in the backcourt and just let it be and figure it out at that point. But to trade the number three pick for any type of veteran, I just don't see it because they're, it's not going to make them a contender. They're not going to win an NBA championship with a trading that number three pick. I don't think they're as far off as you act like. How can I not? They've been terrible the last two seasons. They've tried. They tried to win. They were better than the Lakers at the deadline. And the Lakers added, the Blazers subtracted. Now, maybe yeah. that makes it harder I, this offseason, but telling, they were, me, they were like three the games out of the fifth seed. And that was after having a horrible bench all season, their free agent signing being a freaking liar and, you know, the whole GP2 saga. <laughs> Which is crazy. It's still crazy, by the way. So many things went wrong last season. And the fact that they were still like three games or four games or whatever it was at the deadline within the five seat after blowing the most double digit leads in the league. It's not like they're just not hanging in games. They could compete with anybody if they just put together an entire game. They're blowing lead after lead after lead because like Jeremy Grant's shooting 18% from three in the fourth quarter randomly. Like you remember that whole stretch where they legitimately just could not make good shots in the fourth quarter and they were losing games because of that. Now, sure, you could say, oh, well, that's just because they're not good enough, this and that. But as I said, with more parity, with the pack being tighter, I don't think the the differences are that huge to the point where it's like, oh, well, if you could get Bridges and maybe Claxton thrown into the deal and you're giving up three Simons in a future first or two or whatever, like, that's still not good enough. I think that team would have the upside to make some serious noise because I think you've seen teams with a star player, with a guy that's a top 10 player, and then good role players that fit around him. You've seen those teams have success. Denver just did it. They don't have another all-star except for Jokic. Now, Jokic, I think, is the best player in the world, so that obviously helps. He's better than Dame, but they don't have another all-star. You look at Miami. They got Jimmy Butler and a bunch of cast-offs. Like, Kevin Love was about target. You got two undrafted players in the past five years that are starting for them. Duncan Robinson undrafted off the bench. Like, but the thing is, is they all fit. Their pieces fit. They have good role players. They don't have many weaknesses that teams can exploit. So that's the thing with Portland is you have two very clear-cut weaknesses that hold, held them back last year. I think that's A, perimeter defense, B, rebounding. And I think both those areas were so bad that they're actually easily improvable. You already have what should be an elite offense, even if you use the pick or don't use the pick. But if you can use the pick to get that defense to at least an average standpoint and still have assets left over future first potentially to maybe improve the team at the deadline, especially if sharp pops. Like I just, I understand the mindset on paper and just in terms of assets and team direction. I understand why people want to trade Dame. This is the first time that I've been able to understand it, but I still think it's very viable 
to try and improve some obvious areas of improvement and seeing if that improves the team by five or six games because then they're, they would have been in the battle for home court advantage around the deadline and maybe you're adding instead of subtracting, which the Lakers did when they were worse than us and made a conference finals. How likely do you think it could be that if the Blazers do trade this three pick that they have another bad season? If they get Mikael Bridges or Jalen Brown, I don't think they'll have a bad season. Like play-in, probably for sure, right? Uh, at the very least, but I think they're in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, I, I think maybe I'm just, maybe I just think they're worse than you are, which is very true. Here's my question: Would yeah. a lineup with Dame, Sharp, Bridges, Grant, and Nurk, with an average bench, be worse than the lineup that made the conference finals in 2019? It's not worse, but at the same time, Dame had CJ McCollum, who's better than Shane Sharp at this point, and the West is way better than then than it was back then. Also, the Blazers, also the Blazers weren't real contenders that year either. They got swept in the Western Conference Finals. I know they were winning the games. Golden State did not take them seriously. They did not care at any of those games. They crushed the Blazers because they knew they could. Like the Blazers weren't contenders that year. So like what well, I mean, awesome. It was a great play. It was a great, great run. I had a lot of fun. I was at one of the games against the Nuggets at home at the Moda Center. But you know what? They weren't contenders. So like they weren't close and they ran it back. They tried to improve and they were terrible again. So like I'm afraid of this, Tory. I'm afraid they're gonna try to rebuild. They're gonna try to or not rebuild, but regroup and build around Dame. And it's gonna be the same exact thing. They're just not very good. The bench isn't great. If they keep Nurk, like he's still a problem. They keep Amory Simons, he's still a problem. Like this team hasn't been good the last two seasons. Why am I going to think if they keep a lot of the same players that they're going to be good? I, I just can't. I think the key thing with that 2019 team was they had really good role players off the bench that filled specific niches. Seth Curry's your shooter. Zach Collins, your versatile defensive big man hustle guy. Rodney Hood is your guy that can go get you a bucket. If you hide a smaller guard on him, he can score out of the post a little bit, but then he can knock down timely threes, attack closeouts, that sort of thing. Like, their bench was really, really nice, and that's why they are able to go on a run, despite the roster not being that good. Um, I mean, they had Alfred Camino, Mo Harkless, and Ennis freaking canter is their starting front court he, he was a baller though he was a baller in that series in in the first Don't series yes in the denver series he didn't really do much but like we were like the blazers were able to somehow beat Jokic with ennis canter starting against them <laughs> like i don't know i like dame wasn't good in that series by the way yeah it's not like it's not it's not like dame led the team in that series cj mccollum was much much better in that denver series yeah but i mean like that's the thing you have good role players that step up and fill specific needs and i think that's kind of key so you know everybody's going to focus on this third overall pick and if it's traded that's half the battle because then the next half of the battle is filling out that bench with those types of role players and it should be a noticeably better roster than they went on that run with in 2019 if it's Mikel Bridges or Jalen Brown because I think so, that's just half the battle answer me this if the Blazers had the Lakers bench this season just take the Lakers bench put it as the Blazers bench are the Blazers in the Western Conference Finals I don't think so because I don't think the Lakers bench is that good it's just better than it was I would aren't they one of the better benches in the NBA depends on who you're bringing off the bench but like if you're starting D'Lo and Austin Reeves and LeBron and AD. So you got Schroeder, you got Rui. 
I mean, heck, you could throw Malik. You can throw you can throw Malik Beasley out there and make some shots. Troy Brown Jr.'s not terrible. Like he wasn't even playing. I mean, I think they're solid. I don't think they're like top. I don't think they're a top five bench. What pisses me off is the Blazers could have traded two second round picks for Rui at the deadline and didn't. All right. Well, we we don't. Uh, I know that you're gonna say you know that for sure. We don't know anything about that for sure. But well, I mean, he only fetched three seconds with them having to take back none salary when they didn't want to take back salary. So, I mean, three seconds then. Yeah, three seconds. You said two seconds. You jerk. You big jerk. Portland had a TPE, Stephen. Trade exception. They didn't have to send salary back. I I don't know, man. I just don't think this team's close. Like, this is my problem. I just don't think they're close. Like, why are are the Blazers going to build? So, okay. I just want this on the record here. Uh, We were going to talk talk about DeAndre, and I don't want to because he is a terrible fit. We'll talk about him later. I just want to hear you say you don't want him. I don't want DeAndre I don't want DeAndre Ayton. I can't say that he's worse than Nurk, uh, but his money, yeah, he's worse than Nurk. Awesome. I love it because I agree. The freaking third pick for Ayton stuff. Oh, my. That's Steven. Bogus. I want to have the team be good next year, and that's going to get done by trading the third pick. I don't want to trade the third pick for any crap like that, though. You will. <laughs> dude, if the Blazers traded the third pick for DeAndre Ayton, I would have to go LeBron mode in like. Fake consider retirement. I'd I'd pick a new team. That's what I would do. <laughs> um, okay, so DeAndre Ayton out with the third pick. Pascal Siakam, any type of package around him out for the third pick? I mean, he doesn't solve the the perimeter defense issue. So he's more of a Grant defensively than than a McHale or so, or a Jalen Brown. He doesn't really solve the fact that we can't defend on the perimeter. I agree. I think if the Blazers ended up with Pascal Siakam for third pick, it's a failure. Um, not ideal. So the only two guys you really think that are realistic with the Blazers to trade the draft pick, Mikel Bridges, Jalen Brown. Is that is that okay to say? Yes, and fingers crossed that maybe Harden leaving will get Joel Embiid to right, right, right. right. Uh, okay. On the record here, Tori, what is your number one option for the Trailblazers with this number three pick? In terms of the draft or in terms of a trade? Whatever you want. Three and Ant for Jalen Brown. I am sold on that. Like, even if you don't think that team is that good, I just want to see how good a Dame-led team is with a guy like that as the number two. I just want to see. It would be fun. It would be They'd be one of the more interesting teams in the NBA, I agree with you. Uh, for me, I think I've made it pretty clear. I want the Blazers to draft uh, Scoot Henderson with that number three pick. But uh, Here's my question for you, okay? Because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a name we haven't talked about in the stream. Let's say Scoot goes number two to Charlotte and the Blazers are rebuilding. Let's say they do your Dame trade and get five firsts from a team that doesn't have them. Um, at three, Brandon Miller or Amen Thompson? Is it clear cut for you? Um... I'll be honest, I would need to watch more of a man Thompson. Uh, I mean, I've obviously watched him. I've seen things. I need to dig more into him. He seems like he has a higher ceiling than Brandon Miller. I like Brandon Miller a lot. I think he's a really good player. I don't know what his ceiling is, though. I think, like, could he be an all-star? Yeah, probably. I don't know that he is. Um, we talked to the Alabama strength and conditioning coach on the BFT because I know him. He coached me when I was in college and I was talking to him off the air and he's just like, he's a dude. Like he is legit 
that guy. He gained 13 pounds this during the season in weight, just a muscle. Like he has a lot more muscle to build on. I think Brandon Miller is a really good player. I think Thompson has more potential. So I would, I'm not sold that on hundred percent of Brandon Miller, but right now I'm leaning Brandon Miller. I would go with men. I, here's the thing. Like when, how often do you get a chance to swing on superstar potential? Usually only when you have a top five pick. Or you get lucky with that. that. That's why they need to draft a player, Tori. You just proved my point. Draft Scooter. But we already got a superstar. Oh. We got a superstar already. Oh. Yeah, for a year, maybe. <laughs> we got a Sorry. superstar. Let's get a superstar. Yeah, yeah. And then the do you, is Jalen Brown a superstar? One. I mean, you could get a su- If you think Jalen Brown's a superstar, you could have two superstars. You know how hard that... When was the last time we had two superstars? Drexler and I don't know Porter. Jalen Brown would be the best offseason acquisition in terms of ever. Oh, not even. Some close. people said like Scotty, but not even close. The be- the best guy is like Kenny Anderson and Brian Grant. Like those like those are the best dudes they've ever got by far. In my opinion, we got the best Blazer ever, and we could get the best offseason acquisition ever. Uh, that sounds pretty good to me, Stephen. Um, but I mean, a men a men is a men is my. Amen is my guy, and I pulled my community because Eric's like, oh, you'd go Brandon Miller for sure. Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller. Eric, Eric loves his um, shooters. Like, he loved Jabari last year, you know, his shooters with some size. He really seems to like those, like, 6'8 wings. Like, loves those guys. Yeah, but I just think Amen has... He's very risky, but I think you got to gamble on the upside. People are like, oh, he can't shoot. Dude, I think he'll be able to get to the rim whenever he wants. He's so creative with, like, his footwork and the way he changes pace, some of his pickups, like, his finishes. Crazy athlete, 6'6", six, 7-foot six, wingspan, super quick first step, like, insane first step. It's, I think, I mean, you just look at Jaw and how he just constantly gets to the rim and just lives at the rim at 6'2". I think Amen Thompson will be in the same mold. Now, if Amen Thompson can learn how to become an average shooter, I think he's a top 15 player. I think he's a lockdown defender. I think he's I think he's a guy that just gets to the rim at will. He can pass the ball. If he could just become an average shooter, he's a top 15 guy. Guys can learn how to shoot. Yeah. So even if it doesn't happen, I still think he'll be a really good NBA player. But if it does happen, like, I think he'll be a top 15 player. And I think if you use the draft pick and Scoot's not there, if you're Portland, I think you use it on a men Thompson. Um, because here's the thing. Like, I know Dame doesn't want to keep it, blah, blah, blah. If you if there is a scenario where Dame stays and you use it, obviously Brandon Miller would make sense because he would help you more next year. But I think Amen Thompson can be a plus defender right away, and then I would love to see his his playmaking ability with like Dame and Simons playing off that a little bit. And I would love to see a men run a bench unit, um, maybe play next to some Sharp and just play in transition. Because Sharp and Amen would just absolutely live in transition. So Amen Thompson is like my my draft crush in this top five. I like him more than Brandon Miller. You're just proving my point that the Blazers need to draft a guy. That's just this is what it is. But uh, if it, I will say if it's Jalen Brown, um, I won't be mad about it. Like I, I I'll be I'll be happy about it if it's Jalen Brown. I think he's a really good player. Obviously, like I just said, he's the he'd be the best offseason acquisition the Blazers really have ever gotten. So um, I wouldn't be against it. I'm just more for drafting the player. Same with Mikel Bridges. Like, I would be happy that they get Mikel Bridges because I think that they would be pretty solid, right? I don't think they would contend for a championship, but I think they'd be a lot better. And he would be a good fit next to Dame. And it would be fun to see how Dame plays with a legitimate, like, wing player who can play defense, who can do a little bit of offense. So, 
just to be clear, um, I want the draft pick, but I also, if they got Brown and Bridges, I won't be mad. If they got anybody else, I'd be a little upset um, on that one. I think that's very reasonable, man. I think that's that's actually surprisingly close to how I feel. I'm just, you know how I feel about trading Dave and just, you know, that whole thing. Um, I think that's that's Eric's standpoint as well. I mean, there's a lot of people that want Carl Anthony Towns for the third pick. I don't want that dude. DeAndre Ayton. I, yeah, you, you got to trade the third pick for a star or a Mikael Bridges who's a perfect fit and could be a star. Like that's 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 what you got to get back for it. You can't get these centers that are soft mentally and weak mentally. Is you know everybody's Nurk's just soft and weak mentally, and then they want guys that are soft and weak mentally at Aiton and Cat. And I don't. Oh, you oh you don't want uh, DeAndre Aiton who couldn't guard Nikola Jokic, who's the best player in the NBA. Like if you're getting him, you're getting him to guard Jokic and to be a contender. He literally that Jokic averaged a triple double against him. Like what are we doing here? Like he's not the answer, bro. I've had Suns fans say, "Oh, I just want Bismack and Jock next season. I don't want Aiton." But then they think they can get the third pick for Aiton. It just kind of doesn't make sense. It's like, okay, if you value Jock and Bismack as much as Aiton, why would a team trade the third pick for Aiton? doesn't make sense. Um, but, yeah, I, I do not want that dude on my basketball team. You would have to give me a first-round pick just to take him on. So the third pick for him? Oh, if I have to see one more suggestion like that. Even Anthony Simon straight up for him? Just, just, just disgusting. I hate every DeAndre Aiton trade idea. It's uh, I feel like that's where the mute button comes in, Tori. You need to mute, mute and block those people that uh, put those out there because it just aggravates you. It makes you uh, boil up a little bit inside. Yeah, but you know that that can be fun sometimes. You know. Yeah, I guess. I guess, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess when you're younger, when you're old, like, like me, it just, it just makes you more mad. But um, I think that's it, Tori. That's all I got for now. I need to take a rest. I need to take a rest. Take a break. Uh, recalibrate everything. I have, I have tons, tons of other things, things I need to discuss with you. I got Anthony Simon stuff, stuff, stuff that I want to talk to you about. I got Nerd stuff that I want to talk to you about, but uh, we'll, we'll have to do that another episode. episode. Uh, so, so I want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to check out Tori, Tori Jones YT on Twitter. Blazes Up Rise, YouTube, you guys know where to go. I'm at Steven underscore VOM on Twitter. Catch me on 750 Game with John Gonzalez's bald face. And with that, this is the, the Believe, Believe, Believe in Blazers, Blazers podcast. And as, as always, come, come on, Blazers. Blazers. Trade the third overall pick. Come on, Blazers. Oh. Trade the third overall pick. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.